Okay, so everybody, before I start the podcast, some news. Sister Christian Kendrick has quit the show. We had a bad fight. We're no longer friends. So it's just me. Okay, this is all untrue. Very unfair of me. I'm sorry. This is Lawrence Lewis, and I'm here by myself today. No Sister Christian. She's busy shooting. But today is Thursday, August 13th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour. It's a weekly podcast, normally with two producers on opposite coasts. Christian, who's in New York City, is busy working, so it's just me here today in Los Angeles. And we're here exploring what it means to be a good producer as we come out of this global shutdown and figure out how to get the film industry back to work safely while still navigating the coronavirus. And the only way we can do it is by sharing stories about how people are keeping each other safe on set. So we want to hear from you. Please email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com or better yet, send a one to two minute voice memo. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. All right, so here it is, my first solo show while Christian is uh, busy uh, shooting a a job she had. Um, Actually, I think she's just prepping, uh, but the schedule shifted, so she is in the thick of it, and we all know how that goes. So I'm just going to run down a couple news stories for you, and then we're going to listen to an interview that I did with Max Normand. Now, Max works a lot as a production assistant and is also working a lot as an assistant director on a lot of projects. He was recently on a job that was shut down because somebody did test positive for COVID-19. So he's going to tell us about that experience. And he's actually been working quite a bit on a lot of different sets. So we had a good chat, learned a lot, and we're going to take a listen to that a little bit later. But first, a couple news things. I got to put on my glasses first, guys. I don't know if anybody saw this article in Deadline, but the WGA has told its members not to sign COVID-19 liability waivers if they are a condition to returning to work. I'll put the link in the show notes, but basically the WGA, this came out, I think, maybe three days ago. WGA told its members that riders should not sign liability waivers exempting employers from their responsibility to provide a safe workplace. That's something that Christian and I have been talking about for a long time on this podcast because that was something that kind of popped up early on during all this shutdown. And it's just something you shouldn't do. The WGA says your employer is required by law to provide a safe and healthy workplace both in the writer's room and on set. Please do not sign any waivers of liability that seek to shift responsibility onto your shoulders. That is very well said. Several other guilds have adopted similar no-waiver policies, including SAG-AFTRA and the DGA and a few others. The other thing that I thought was interesting in this article is that they also state that writer's rooms need to remain remote. If you're asked to return to an in-person writer's room before it is deemed safe, or if your room is outside L.A. County, please contact the Guild for assistance. So they're definitely uh, doing their part to make sure their members stay safe. I don't know why this came so late, but at least it's been said. Maybe just no one thought that anybody would ask writers to waive their their right to a safe workplace, but apparently it's come up, and so that's why this message has come out. It also goes on to say that if a member is asked to provide services on set, they should first request a copy of that production's specific state safety protocols. And if they have any questions that the employer cannot answer to your satisfaction, give the guild a call and they will assist you. Additionally, they're asking everybody to report to them about their real-life work experiences because it helps them adjust their own guidance for their members and making sure that everybody is staying safe as they get back to work. So cheers to them for that coming out. 
the other news item that I wanted to to talk about was uh, something in the New York Times, and it was kind of a profile piece about Jurassic World Dominion, which has started filming in England at Pinewood Studios. The article talks about this as kind of being, you know, this and a few other movie, movies as being kind of the guinea pigs for the entire industry to see if they can kind of move past the financial woes the pandemic has caused as, as well as the production stoppage. So this article is in the New York Times. It's called We Are the Guinea Pigs. Hollywood restarts its blockbuster machine. It says that Hollywood has been a, unable to restart production on its own sound stages here in California because of the surging infections in the state, plus the slow negotiations with all the unions over unified protocols and our lack in rapid testing. So the big studios, like many commercials as well, have taken a lot of these shoots overseas where it is safer to shoot or at least where it's allowed to shoot. Apparently, Avatar has been filming again in New Zealand and Uncharted, which is an adaptation of a popular video game, is going to Berlin. Now, Jurassic Park, as I said, it's shooting in England at Pinewood. They put together a 107-page safety manual that details everything from the infrared temperature scans to the vacuum-sealed meals that are they're going to be provided for catering instead of the typical buffet-style lunch that we all love and hate. Um, and it says that their safety protocols are a model for other studios, showing Marvel, for instance, how to resume shooting Shang-Chi two weeks ago in Australia. So, you know, it's all kind of the same protocols we've been discussing on this show for for several months now. But basically, they, they divided the, the team into two categories. One large category of departments are the ones that don't need to be on set during filming, like construction and, and other categories. The other zone is called the green zone. That's the exclusive zone. That's the director of the cast and the essential crew, like camera operators and sound people that need to be physically on set for filming. Nothing outside of the box that we haven't thought of, but it's an interesting piece because it talks about Jurassic World, which is scheduled for release next June, as being kind of a test case. It's a chance for Hollywood to see if they can indeed move past all the problems the pandemic has laid in front of us and kind of get the industry back to work. So it's an important one, and hopefully they can get through production with no uh, infections and not have to shut down again. So fingers crossed for that, because that is a big deal. Um, I, I recently saw an article that talks about the fact that most likely the coronavirus is not going anywhere. We're way past containment. I don't know if I spoke about this on the last episode, but we're way past containment. It's not going anywhere. But basically what's going to happen is it's going to mutate. It already has. It's going to mutate into a version of itself that is way less deadly, uh, but way more contagious. So basically what it turns it into is it turns itself into kind of like the flu. Uh, scientists don't know when that's going to happen, but that is ho- what their hope is. And uh, mine too, uh, because the... Seeing the daily death rate is very disheartening in this country. Um, But the reality is, you know, vaccine, who knows when that's going to happen. Whenever it does happen, it's probably going to be another year before it's readily available. We we have to figure out how to get back to work safely and when it is safe to do so. Because that, that damn vaccine, she is a long way off. Okay, so... I know this is not as fun without Sister Christian here. Um, So we're just going to get right to the interview with Max Normand. But first, 
go to our website. There's a couple of pages to look at. One page is called Do the Work. On there, we have a lot of anti-racism resources, and we're not going to let up on this because this has become embedded in our show, uh, as it should be. It's a mission of ours to continue to talk about this and see what we can do to help dismantle the systemic racism that, that has plagued our society as well as our, our industry. So on that page, there's a lot of anti-racism resources for you to educate yourself, and there's a lot of actionable items on there, a lot of petitions you can sign and places you can donate to or, or foundations you can support. So please check that out. The other page to check out is called Take Action. And on here, we have a lot of charities that you can contribute to, or if you need help yourself, there's places there that can help you, such as Feed the Freelancers. You know, I think it's common in our business that if you're, if, if, if you're not working, it kind of feels that you're bad at your job or you don't have the right contacts anymore, and that's just not the case anymore right now. So reaching out for help is not something to be ashamed of. Please check out this page. In fact, I made a new list of financial relief organizations and opportunities for people that work in the entertainment industry. I'm going to put a link to it here in the show notes. I've also posted it today in our Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, please join us. We post a lot about the topics we talk about here on the show. We post the articles that we mention on the show and uh, and a lot of fun stuff. So in that Facebook group, it's called Producers Happy Hour. Just look it up on Facebook. Easy to find. I already put this link in there. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. I'm also going to put a link to that on the Take Action page. It's a good list. Hopefully, there's something there that can help some people. Power the Polls is another one. We're facing an unprecedented shortage of poll workers. So that could mean the closing of some polling places or very long delays. So if you want to volunteer, I know it's risky for your health. But if you have the strength and courage to do that, it's very much needed. Powerthepolls.org. Also, postcards to swing states. You can order some postcards, send them to first-time or rare voters in swing states and, and get them to get to the polls. And save the post office. I don't know if you guys heard last week, the new postmaster general unveiled a massive overhaul of our nation's mail service and displaced a lot of top executives and centralized the power around himself. And then what I heard this week is that they're removing a lot of the automatic mail sorting equipment from the post office, which is definitely going to slow down the mail system, probably cause a lot of doubt about the mail system in national opinion, and sadly prevent people from voting by mail or trusting vote by mail, and in fact, even slowing or blocking vote by mail. So sign the petition on that page and support the post office in any way you can. Okay, Max Norman currently resides in North Hollywood. He's been around the film industry virtually his entire life because his father, who y'all may know, David Norman, he's an amazing first AD. I've worked with him for many, many years. He's now based in Australia with his lovely wife, still working as a first AD in that country and in this country. And Max is a son. And because of that, he basically grew up on set and was handed his first walkie at 12 years old. How adorable is that? Uh, he didn't get serious about pursuing a career in the film industry until about six years ago. But since then, he's PA'd countless jobs and he's moved up into the AD department. He mostly works on commercial and some television as well. And like I said at the top of the show, he was recently on a job that was shut down because of a positive case of coronavirus detected in the crew. And he's going to tell us that story and also give us a lowdown on, on the various jobs that he's been seeing and how they're keeping people safe. So let's take a listen. 
Well, Max, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. First of all, I'd like to know uh, where you are and how's your health, how's your family, how's everything going in your life right now? Good. Um, well, I'm in North Hollywood at the moment, as is where I live. I was gone for three months, though. I actually left March 15th. Oh. Um, uh, it wasn't just the TP that was gone one day. It was like all the food. I was like, oh. I know what happens next. Yeah. And you know, I've, se- I've seen enough movies and the potential is always there for some really scary ideas. Absolutely. Um, and LA, it's, it's it's widely known as one of the worst places you could probably be in a kind of time of crisis like that where, say, society structure breaks down. And thank God none of that really did happen. We all pulled through together. Um, yes, things happen eventually <laughs> for yeah, other reasons, yeah. for other reasons. Um, but it was still a time. Uh, well, anyways, well, I left. My mom has a ranch out in Arizona. Ah. Um, and I thought horses and guns sound like a good <laughs> thing yes, to have. Absolutely. And she actually lives alone, too. I just didn't want her to be alone through this either. Yeah. So I was out there, too. I was just taking care of the property, tending to the horses. And so that was a real enriching experience. You know, I was going out riding and stuff. So I. I think I made the best of the situation, but still kind of just feeling helpless. I'm sure like everyone else. Yeah. I have a place out in Joshua tree and we did the same thing. We bailed out there, locked up the house because yeah. we just didn't know. We didn't know what was going to happen. There's no one you could really like ask, like how would you no. guys deal with it? This is for everyone's first try. Well, that was, that was smart. Uh, and, and, a, a example of a good son. <laughs> Let's dive in now. I, you know, obviously I know your father, David Norman, he's an amazing first AD. I've worked with him for years oh, yeah. and he mentioned that you were on a job that somebody did test positive for COVID-19 and they subsequently shut it down. So without exposing the production company or brand or agency, what can you tell us about that experience? What, what was happening and how did they respond to that? Well, first off, it was a pretty big crew. So and I, I've done a few jobs already. I've done some AD gigs, a couple of PA gigs here and there. Um, and I've seen crews of like 15 to 90, believe it or not. But the job I was on when it happened, you know, I was just PAing on it. It was like an eight-day gig. And I figured I'll take it. I know the coordinator really well. Some friends were on it. And just good to see everyone too. But uh, it was, I think it was Wednesday. It was about halfway through the gig. And I, I, you know, I looked over and I can notice a bunch of a powwow of what we call it, the heads of departments and producer and, it looked like a serious conversation. And then they called a safety meeting halfway through the, halfway through the day, you know, very mandatory, get everyone, I don't care where they are. And uh, everyone needs to hear this. Wow. And they uh, just flat out said, so someone on our crew is not here right now. Didn't show up today because tested positive for COVID and not through the production company. We didn't do testing. Um, we did the questionnaire that's been passed around on every job. You know, have you been within someone who's been sick for the last 24 mm. hours and so on and so forth. And they broke it down like, you know, I'm not going to say who it was, you know, I mean, and I'll try to stay as brief as possible about that just for privacy. But it was someone from a certain department and, you know, no one even knew he was gone. It's such a big crew. Mm. And so that was, that was a lot of people were kind of freaked out by it and they wouldn't say when, what department it was, but it, they just said, everyone drop what you're doing. It's a walk away. It was every night. It was a walk away every night, but we were bringing people to come in and test you. And like that, they were there within like 10 minutes. I don't even know how quick they got there. And then we set up a station for them. Our second AD uh, managed all that, got together and put a pretty uh, efficient system in. But, uh, you know, it's, a, it's about five minutes a person. There's a crew of like 80, something like that. Oof. And so I'm going around and as a PA though, uh, there's all these new, this new gear we have <laughs> to keep everything clean. Right. There's all the, the new sinks that uh, a lot of production suppliers have put out and 
hand sanitizer stations are everywhere, which um, I mean, I, it's very helpful. Um, but they, they also give you these, like, these um, remember those water gun backpacks that are like flamethrowers? Mm-hmm. They look just like that. And except at the end, you got a mister, kind of a sprayer, and it's filled with disinfectant, yeah. non-biohazard stuff. And they, the, the set medic literally asked me, can you go around and just spray everything? So I remember like, tucking in like my jeans to my boots because I, I went into like trucks and just had, I had goggles on and a yeah. face shield and yeah. I had the whole nine yards. And, but I, you know, I went into every truck, sprayed it down, whatever it was, and whatever it was electrical. I got some permission for a light spray, but went around, did everything. And after that was all done, it took about an hour. And then there was no room in the line for me to hop in and get tested. They did the mouth swab, set it off. And they uh, said, we probably will get all, everyone's uh, results back at uh, 9 p.m. tonight to midnight, which probably means we're not coming back in the morning. And oh. so everyone just wake up, everyone wake up at business hours. Um, and we'll see um, what the results are. If it's enough people, then we'll have to maybe shut down. They're, they're, no one really knew. Everyone was kind of acting right. on this for the first time. Yeah. I'm just going to go home. I woke up at nine the next day. Uh, got the email said, we're just going to take the day down. Uh, our main talent, he didn't get tested until that morning anyway, like real early. Mm. So there was just no way of bringing everyone back for even a half day. Had the day off and then we brought everyone back. And but we finished, it was the last day. We finished strong and everyone, everyone, everyone does a pretty good job, in my opinion, from all the jobs I've been on. Everyone's pretty on top of it. Good. Which is good to see. That's you good. Know, you, you, it, it's so easy to forget, though. That's the main problem uh, it is get... when you're shooting on a sidewalk people forget that they can't just walk out into the middle of the street you know because they think they're on a bath yeah. lot or something uh yeah. it's kind of the nature of the beast so once everyone was determined that they were good you're gonna take the rest of that day down and then you came back the the, the day after that and then everything was what? kind of back to normal yeah, or did. was there um, were there more safety measures put into place after this um we have well we have these covid compliance officers they they, they were back to their day one energy of six feet and one girl mm. did like a six feet pole she would, would extend and just come by people and um but they were a little more on day one energy again um they did end up replacing that whole department though with new people because everyone in that pod yeah um was around way more than anyone else so that whole crew was gone i heard they still got paid which is nice good production to yep. make sure that it worked out it, as they should you know as it's they not should fault. yes but yeah it was a whole bunch of new guys and i made sure that all um, all their gear was sprayed again and walkies were cleaned and had fresh clean batteries and i got another thing you can't pas aren't allowed to have bricks on them anymore oh wow i haven't even thought about that the truck driver which was me in the job i what i do is i have them all and if you need one just call me i'll just bring it to you but I have a bunch of wipes and sanitizer. And so I just tell me who it is. I'm going to find the guy. I come over with the gloves and I hand it to them. Wow. So. Amazing. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, until you're on set, you don't think of all the tiny little details that have to kind of be adjusted. And yeah. then, and that's, that's some, that's a question that we wanted to ask you. And, and you've kind of gone through a few of these already, but uh, as a PA, are there new responsibilities? I know obviously you've got new equipment like these hand washing stations and uh, and and obviously the way you handle bricks and equipment. Is there anything else that's kind of new or different or like an added uh, responsibility to, to what you guys are already doing? Well, you're no longer fill up coolers, but you do got to refill those hand washing stations. Uh-huh. Um, so, you, so if it's a long job, you have a ton of those five gallon water jets. Yeah, uh, right. Um, so, you know, if you got a big job, you're easily going to rent a slop truck. There's no room. Yeah. <laughs> They're huge. Yeah. 
So that that's another thing that's probably going to put some more money on the budget for bigger jobs. You're definitely going to get another truck and another driver. Absolutely. You know, we have a ton of like the um, one of the bigger production supply companies have these hand sanitizer stations that are just a big bottle pretty much on a pole. And you rent like six to eight of them. And each one comes with a little sign you got to put next to it. How to like how to wash your hands properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I thought going into it, coming back, a lot of the gloves and the masks being distributed, that would be, be on our end a lot more. No, it's all these COVID compliance officers Good. who really who really take care of everyone and remind everyone. And I've seen people obviously get annoyed. I mean, it's like, yeah, man, I get it. I'm an adult. And yeah, then you get the people on set who are, you know, a bunch of opinions that aren't necessary on set. Oh, boy, <laughs> you know? really? Uh, yeah, you, you get the some people who are, have that resistance to yeah crazy change and the lack of control, you know, yep, yep. Um, it's odd, odd times. That is really odd. So how many jobs have you done? You said you've done a few. Uh, I think I've done about, about eight. I eight came jobs. back. Uh, wow. Yeah. I was out in Arizona, the first one. And um, it was, a, that was a big crew too. And you had a lot of the Arizona locals who were not so much uh, respectful of these they, new rules. It's they, a different atmosphere out there. They you weren't know? as careful. They weren't irresponsible or reckless, okay. but it wasn't like the L.A. kind of vibe. You know, it's just a big city, lots of people. Right, right. A, a lot more chances, it seems like. Yeah. The, the mask and the heat out there was brutal. Oof, <laughs> I, tell you that much. I can't even imagine. So you mentioned pods. So tell me about the last job you did. What were the different pods that they kind of established? The, the pod itself really just is that. It's another term for the, the, that department. But the pod also kind of represents like we'll build these pop-ups for them. You know, if it's hot, we have a couple of fans. Make sure uh, Crafty runs water. They run it very safely. There's no touching of any of the drinks or anything with the skin. Um, but like if, when you're not on set, when the AD will bring in art, you know, hey, lighting, get out of there. Go back to your pod. It's pretty much a tent by your truck. Right? You're just mm. away from everyone else. Yep. You're not going by, uh, passing everyone. Just hanging out on set. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that, that still happens though. Um, <laughs> of you course, can't, you can't you you can't be down the street and mm. take five minutes to walk back to set when time has always been such a huge factor you for still, every department. Yeah, you get a big name on set too, and can't make him wait. Right. So, but you you find yourself violating that six feet thing constantly. Ah, uh, I bet. I've gotten pretty good at remembering a good trick. Someone will start walking toward you to tell you something. And once they kind of get within that personal bubble of yours, it's now six feet bigger. I start walking backwards and it kind of gives them the, oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. Right, Um, right. Nice. Yeah. I'm just trying to follow the rules so I can make, keep doing what I love and make the money that we like. Exactly. I think that's, that's kind of by sharing this information about what it takes, hopefully people that maybe are resistant to this kind of change understands that we need it. We just need to do it so we can all keep working. Yeah. Has there been any, any situation that you felt uh, unsafe or uncomfortable in any set, not to call anyone out, but just your own personal safety or have you felt fine with everything? Not nothing too crazy. You'll, you'll see people take off the mask to get some fresh air. Yeah which is allowed, you know, as long yeah. as you're not near anyone, trying sure. to breathe in the gear. And then you'll see this, sometimes they'll forget and another one of their department members will come by and they'll start talking and the job is more uh, front of the line of priorities than the safety requirements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. And you go, oh, oh crap, I got to put that right, back on. Right. But no, I haven't really felt that unsafe. I've, I've seen some people who have more caution than I do. I kind of try to have faith in the system yeah. And for one, I just have too much to worry about when it comes to set than it does the mask on my face. And you kind of just have to still get this day done. It kind of right. trumps a lot of that. But no, I've never, I never personally felt unsafe. 
Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Are there things when it, when you get a call to take a job that uh, are are, there, are you only taking jobs jobs from people you know? Or are you asking certain questions to make sure that they're following the, the protocols, or is it just kind of feast or famine? You're you're lucky to be getting the phone calls in the first place because a lot of people yeah. aren't working. So what's your what's your approach to taking these jobs? I mean, I've kind of said yes to everyone. You know, um, if it was like a one day or maybe I think I already took, I said no to a couple like one dayers that seem like they were kind of be more like brutal jobs. Yeah. Every every job uh, of its different size has kind of had a different size safety procedure too. You know, I did a couple of sure. IED, IED, a couple of still shoots. It was like eight of us and it wasn't as big as a deal. But no, I'm, I haven't been scared to say yes to a job. Everyone's been doing a good job. So good. That's good. What's been the hardest thing to get used to besides, you know, obviously having this mask on your face all day? Has there been anything that's been surprisingly annoying or frustrating or difficult? The mask and the heat. That's yeah. tough. That's, yeah. it's, like a, it's like a whole ocean is under there. <laughs> and, uh, like a gross ecosystem. Especially right creatures. now in the middle of August, right? Oh, when we were in Arizona, yeah. Oof. We were shooting inside almost every day, but you have to go outside and get something and instant just like a uh, waterfall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, that was, that was tough. Or even having gloves on in that kind of heat. Um, yeah. That, those, that's, those are weird. That's a weird feeling. I've never had that before. Are, are people wearing gloves on set right now? Wardrobe and makeup are usually yeah. armored up pretty well. That since they're near makes, all talent. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but um, no one's, no one's mandating gloves on sets right now. No, no. Uh, I think uh, I've seen a couple of times, like if you're on the actual set, we're shooting, you're moving stuff, they'll put gloves on. But not so much when it comes to gear. Um, and just another new kind of rule is don't touch anyone else's gear. Yeah. You, you know, how many times I've leaned against a grip cart or a camera? Sure, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, especially, especially you know, if you're helping out first CDs, like clear all that shit out from that, you know, corner over there. We see it. It's in the shot. And people run over yeah. and start helping to move stuff. There's a lot of uh, these days now do not touch grip or camera yeah. gear even more. Yeah. Um, but every AD who's been on top of that kind of stuff, too, has been very, very patient about it as well and understands and isn't really he's not forgetting that this this issue exists. Yeah. So people are pretty forgiving. Director, producer it's like, it is what it is. We have to be safe if yeah. we want to keep doing it. Yeah. Because uh, in all honesty, I don't want to do anything else. So right. Yeah, I know. I'll, <laughs> I think I'll we're going to take I'll we're, do we're, we're all in the same boat, hoping to somehow save this industry because. uh yeah, some nine to five office job isn't uh, really going to work for some no, most no, of us. I'm, no, I'm very happy being back. It's been a, it, it's been really great. Good. Well, it sounds like you've been on some pretty good jobs that have been fairly safe, which is which is uh, very heartening because we've heard of some some problems out there. So outside of this, outside of uh, you know all these changes to work and stuff, uh, what do you miss? I mean, one of the best parts with this job, to me anyway, is you randomly get to know these people like almost to their core and yeah. because of the six feet thing and you don't want to um, a lot of mechs talk about accumulating minutes with people over the day right like obviously you have to go talk to someone but once you're done try to back away and trying to accumulate 15 to 25 minutes throughout the day with them yeah, i miss kind of getting to know people and kind of just shooting the shit with them you, you, you know i'm not gonna yell that across someone's front yard where yeah. i want to hear our personal information i kind of miss just learning about all these different characters. It's kind of one of the best parts. There's so many different stories out there and these people who just all have their own kind of version of this passion. Mm -hmm. It's always kind of been, I've always enjoyed hearing about that, how they got to this, where they want to go. And you don't get a lot of that anymore. You got to stay away from everyone. So it kind of takes humanity out of the work a little bit, right? 
yeah, I really wanted to get keep talking to this guy, but then we had to like, oh yeah, I gotta go over there, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so man. Yeah. And what what about the COVID uh compliance officers on the jobs you've been? They're the ones that are responsible for temperature checks or making sure people are masked and distanced and all that stuff. Or what else are they? Yeah, every, every morning you got to get that temperature checked. Uh, every job I've seen that I've, I haven't seen a job without that. Uh, the minute I don't see that, it might be a little fishy um, yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. But this this was the first one that you got your temperature checked on the way out of set two, and that's ah. the only way you can go home. They, and they would wait at crew parking, a little tent we set up for them, and you had to go through them to get home as well. Wow. Uh, it's nice to see that teamwork because, yeah. you know, everyone's, you know, we all want to be here. So whatever it takes. Exactly. We need it. Well, yeah. Max, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This has been great. Thank you. How can people get a hold of you if someone wanted to uh, to work with you? Um, you could email me at maxmemyself at gmail.com. It's a little homage to my, one of my favorite comedies, Me, Myself, and Irene. <laughs> nice. Yeah, if you need non-union AD or PA work, you know, yeah. I love it all. So. Awesome. All right, Max. Well, I've seen you on many sets, and I look forward to seeing you on some sets again soon. So uh, yeah. right, hang in there. Well, thank you for having me, Lawrence. I really appreciate it. Thank you, you so much. One. You too. All right, special thanks to Max Norman for spending some time with us today. I really liked his trick of walking backwards when someone's approaching too close. I'm going to start using that in my in my daily life because I think that's a polite way of reminding people to keep their distance. And that's just one of the things we got to do to stay, stay safe. All right, guys, I got to do these credits all by myself. Oh, my God. This show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo designed by Christopher Daniels, and our music, you're listening to it now, was composed by Kyle Puccia, who was recently featured in Voyage LA. I'm going to put that in the Facebook group as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Christian's going to be back next week. You won't just be stuck with me. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and stay active. Wash your hands. Wash your damn phone. It's disgusting. Don't touch your face. And uh, when you go outside, please wear a mask. We've all learned that's how we're going to control the virus, and that is how we're going to get back to work. I'm cleaning my phone right now. That's the noise you hear. Be sure to send us your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. You can reach Christian at sisterchristianproduces.com or me at lawrencetlewis.com or voiceoflawrence.com for voiceover work. All right, guys. We'll be back next week with Christian, I promise. Bye. Bye.